for your brain to start to build those neural pathways to associate the behavior with the, oh, this is what made me feel good. You gotta do it in the moment because now the brain associates directly between the behavior and whatever response, the celebration. Welcome to the Boss Bay Podcast, a place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. I'm Danielle Canty, co-founder and president of Boss Babe and your host for this episode. Now, I am really, really excited about this episode because we are actually deep diving into goal setting once more, but actually with a bit of a different slant. So in this episode, we're actually covering not only why it's important to have an emotional connection with your goals, but also how you can implement and create habits and behaviors that will positively impact your goal. And if you guys are following me, or boss babe for that matter on social media, you will know that we take setting our goals really, really seriously. I'm personally super intentional about the process and I know Natalie is too. That's why over the last few episodes, we have been sharing lots of our tips and tricks that we've learned along the way and really are methods that help us achieve goals. So if you haven't already, and if you're coming at this fresh and really wanting to get into your goal setting, go and listen to episodes 137, where I shared my five R process for goal setting and follow up with episode 140, where I also shared not just the goals that I want to achieve, but the things that I was letting go of to make more room for happiness, success, and abundance in my life. Because I think with goal setting, there's the things that you want to bring in, but there also so should be some intention about what you're leaving behind to create room for the new stuff. So back to this episode, I'm actually recording this right now in Turks and Caicos. So I did the episode with Sandra just before I left the US, but I'm on vacation now and I wanted to do a real-time introduction to this episode. So I'm currently sat in my room having done my own personal reflection this morning. So if you watch me on stories, I was out there for 60 minutes right on the sand, right on the beach, really just kind of going over my own intentions and my own personal goals for this year and or for 2021. And I was reminded that only 8% of people who actually set goals achieve them, which can be super demoralizing. But if you realize that you can 100% very easily be in that 8% who actually go ahead and achieve those goals, and you already step ahead because you're actually intentionally listening to something, you're learning how best to do it. And once you've listened to this episode with the most amazing woman, Sandra Chuma, you are going to be ahead of the game, really understanding how you're going to build habits that are going to help you achieve them. I just want to take a couple of minutes to introduce you to Sandra because she is literally such an amazing boss babe. She's actually a certified habits coach and founder of Worthy Brand Co. And she is on a personal mission to help more people create habits that actually help them achieve their goals. So not just setting them, but actually understanding the habits and behaviors and what form those things so that they can not just achieve them, but they can literally smash their goals. So you know, she's a total boss, baby. You're going to want to listen to this. And some of you might already be familiar with Sandra because she was actually one of our guest experts within the society a couple of months ago. And she broke this down even into more detail. So if you do listen to this episode, you're like, oh my goodness, I want to know even more, then swipe up there's a little link in the description on how to become a member of the society because you're literally going to love it so without further ado I want to dive into this make sure if you are not driving and you are sat at home grab a notepad and pen because again you're going to want to take some notes and as always screenshot and share your biggest takeaways with me on Instagram stories tagging myself at Danielle Canty and tag at bossbabe.inc so enjoy the episode and I will see you all in the new year Hey, it's Danielle, and I'm so excited to say that this episode is brought to you by our membership community, The Society. Now, The Society is one of my favorite places, and it's the place for female entrepreneurs to connect, build, and grow. 
And inside the society, we provide you all the content and support that you need to build your businesses. So whether you're taking it from the startup to six figures or even beyond every single month, you will receive a new success kit from an expert in their field to help you along the way. You'll also have access to every single previous success kit that we've ever created in the time we've been having the society, including how to grow your email list, how to get started with Facebook ads and pixels, or even how to reprogram your subconscious mind for success. And on top of all of that, you can definitely consider your fellow society babes as your accountability partners and business BFFs. We are here to inspire, support, and celebrate you every single step of the way. And you'll also get two live group coaching calls every single month, which are normally with yourself truly, and you'll always feel supported and get those questions answered. In fact, on our goal setting one, I actually start every single one with a meditation and everyone finds it super powerful. We actually have a waitlist right now, but we have a secret backdoor entry for all of our podcast listeners because we love you guys so much. So all you need to do is visit bossbabe.com forward slash connect, build, grow. If the society sounds like a really good fit for you right now, I hope to see you in there. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Welcome to the Boss Babe Podcast, Sandra. It is such an honor to have you on the Boss Babe Podcast. I've been so excited to have you here because recently we also had you as our guest expert in the society and you literally blew our members away. So I'm really excited to bring a little bit more of your insights to the listeners as well today. It was such a joy. Oh my gosh, your members are really, it was so inspiring to me just how receptive they were, but also just how driven they are in terms of they have such big goals, such big dreams. It was truly inspiring to be there and and to witness some of it. Aren't they? I know. It's literally like my favorite community. And I never forget why Natalie and I joined it because we were so lonely as entrepreneurs. And I just feel so honored and blessed to have that community. And like me and Natalie go in there all the time as well and like interact with the comments that are in there. And it just really means a lot. So thank you for recognizing that in them, because I know that when you know we show up to calls and we ask the questions that we do, you giving your information and sharing your knowledge is just so, so powerful. So thank you for that. And I'm so excited to really pick your brain on the Boss Babe podcast today because I really love doing interviews that are super informative, but they're also actionable. And I know that's what our listeners are going to get from you today. And I'm really excited to explore that a little bit more. So I want to start the conversation off by talking about the fact, and this is a statistic that you actually taught me that only 8% of everyone who creates a goal or sets New Year's resolution actually goes on to achieve this because I actually found this was absolutely mind-blowing statistic and I was so surprised that it was so low and I'm like right how can we ensure more boss babes hit their goals and go on to create success so firstly just want to say I'm really excited to pick your brain on this and my first question that I would like to start this podcast episode is firstly like in your opinion why do you believe that so many people fail to achieve their goals I think the biggest thing that I've experienced, and part of it is me speaking from my own experience and, you know, the years where every year I'd start a new journal because somehow a new journal signaled that (laughs) this was the year that I was going to achieve my goals and I'd write down my goals. And and then it was like, oh, no, you just have to really believe in your goals. I'm like, okay, I really believe in my goals. And then I'd get to the end of the year and I still haven't achieved it. And so literally there's like in years past, 
there's some of my journals where I literally could just do a copy paste from the previous year because I hadn't achieved my goals. And it really took me consciously going out and seeking information on what was it that set apart the people who every year achieved their goals. And if I had to boil it down to that one sentence, it would be, everybody has great intentions, but people aren't intentional about achieving their goals. So you kind of write down the goal and then somehow magically you think it's just going to happen by itself. But it's about every action that you take. Are you actually setting aside time in your calendar every day to do something that moves you towards your goal? And is what you're doing actually effective towards moving you towards your goal? So I'd say that's what sets the people who achieve and the people who don't is they're intentional about going after their goals. I love that. I think that's like such an awesome quote as well, just to like really bear in mind because everyone does have good intentions. Like, yeah, I want to do this. But then it's so easy to be like, okay, I'm going to use this time here or use this time here or even just not plan that. And then it kind of goes into this like driving in a certain direction. You can be end up driving in circles if you're not intentional about where you're putting that energy and where you're moving on that track. So I really, really love that. So share with us then, like, how should people start to become intentional? Like, what does that even look like? You know, we're talking about this, but what does that actually mean? So I'm going to say something that I think everybody will have heard. You need to set smart goals. And I know everybody's going to roll their eyes and be like, oh, yeah, whatever. But that's where it actually starts. It starts with really being clear on what is it that you want. So I hear people say, like, when I'm coaching or when I'm speaking, People will say things like, oh, I want to be healthier. Okay, great. But how do you actually take action on, I want to be healthier? What does that mean? Because if you say to me, I want to be healthier, it might mean something completely different than what it means for me saying, I want to be healthier. So I think that's the first step is we lack clarity on what exactly is it that we want. Name it, name it and name it in a way that you can actually take action on it. So having kind of vague aspirations of, I want to make more money. How do you know when you've got there? So I think that's the first start is really being clear about what is it you want. And the other piece connected with that, Danielle, is there are a lot of people, myself included, who did this, where you're going through life living should goals. I should do this because my parents say, or oh, I guess I have to do this because but it's not really your dream or your thing that resonates with you. And I know that a few weeks ago, you interviewed Jim Quick, who I absolutely think is phenomenal. And in his book, Limitless, he talks about the fact that you need to be able to connect your goal from your head to your heart to your hands. So it needs to have the logical side of it, the what is it that I just talked about, being clear about the actual steps of, okay, what is it I need to do? And not necessarily have the whole thing mapped out, but what's the next right step? Hypothetically, how long is it going to take me? And, you know, what are the things that I might need to do? So connecting it from your head and then connecting it from your heart. Is it something that you actually even really want? Because if that emotional connection is missing, it's going to be very hard for you to do the work that's required. And the work inevitably gets hard. And then actually taking action. Because again, people have great intentions, but are you actually taking action? 
And something else related to the head, heart, hands is that it's really about, this blew my mind when a coach told me this. He said, your goals are never really about the thing. You think it's about, I want to build a seven-figure business, or I want to have the car, or I want to have the house, or whatever the thing is. It's not about that. It's about what you think achieving the thing will make you feel. So it's about feeling. And so it's really, if you're not connected with the feeling, it's going to be hard for you to achieve. So that's the really first step is connecting with the why. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years, and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design, and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. The other day, the team and I were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking. And whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health, you all seem to really soak it up and request more. So I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor, Prolon, today because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go, so there's no guesswork. It's super simple, and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. I'm really glad we're speaking about this. And you actually just touched on something that I've really learned has been true to a lot of my past. So when I was back in the UK and I was growing up, I had goals based on other people's opinions of where I should be at a certain amount of time. And so my growth edge, you know, through my own personal journey, and I always open up on here is just like, you know, expecting myself to, you know, go to university because everyone used university, then get a job, then I actually then wanted to start my own business. And okay, well, now I'm at this age, I should be married at this age, or now I'm at this age, should I have kids at this age, all these like stereotypical things 
And I think this really plays out with lots of people's goals. Like they set goals because they feel that they should be at a certain place in their life because of an age. And I'm really in a point in my life where I'm challenging that going, well, actually, is that a goal that I want? Or is that because I've allowed society to dictate to me that that should be the goal I'm setting at this point in my life? And I think just like coming back to that and, you know, that connection that Jim says and you're talking about now is like head, heart, hands and really just understanding, well, what are the goals that are coming from the head? And actually, what are the goals that are coming from the heart? Because ultimately, if you're not following the heart and for me, like any goal is a challenge. Like if you're setting a goal, it's like, like you say, you're setting intention of something you want to change, something what you want to achieve that you might not have necessarily been able to do previously. And so to get to that point, you are going to have to change behaviors to get you to that next goal. And so if you can't connect enough, like you say, with that goal to make those changes in behaviors, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this later down in the podcast, like that's when you're really starting to trip up. And so for me, it's been like understanding, oh, like, actually that isn't a goal that I was setting for my heart that was a goal I was setting for my head because I thought I should set that goal and when I started realizing that that's when I started moving a lot quicker because my goals were starting to be more aligned with me you're so right like I said you know so many of us are living should goals and y'all can bleep this out but I'm gonna say that should goals are shit goals because you're not ever living life for you and inevitably as well like you're saying When you're pursuing any goal, if it's a true goal, I think a true goal is something that pushes you. If it's something that you can do tomorrow, that you have all the resources to do and you can, you know, do it without too much of a stretch, it's not really a true goal because you can do it. I think true goals are ones that push you. They push you outside of your comfort zone. They make you reach for more, for the more that you didn't even know you had. And along the way, it will be hard. Just look at what's happened in our lives in 2020 is this year was hard. And so if you're someone who was never really that connected or that committed to your goal, it's going to be easy for you to blow it off the minute a little bit of hardship comes your way. So really having that emotional connection to your goal is critical to success. Mm. How have you found a lot of your emotional connection to goals and your growth? It's been a learning for me, Danielle, because like you, I was someone who, and given my background, so I'm from Zimbabwe and and I literally grew up in a mud hut with no running water, no electricity. And so my aspiration and kind of the dream growing up was just to be able to go to school, to be able to go to a good school. And then, you know, my grandmothers had this dream for me that, oh my gosh, one day you'll go to university and one day you'll live in a house in the suburbs on a tree-lined street because like one of my grandmothers was a housemaid and she worked for a family in a suburb that lived in a big house on a tree-lined street. And it was something that for her was so far removed from her reality. But that was then the dream that was fed to me, which no disrespect to my grandmothers, they were both amazing women, but that became what I was chasing. And actually how I got to figure this out was I achieved success. So I did get to go to overseas, as as my grandmother said. I did get to have the house and the cars and the vacations. I did get to build a seven-figure business. And with all of that, I got to all of that, that I thought, oh, when I get here, then that success, it felt so empty. 
But it also made me feel so guilty because I literally still have cousins who live in mud huts with no rainwater and no electricity. So how dare you be ungrateful? You're living this life that other people would give their arm for. But it took me being in a way broken. So in the last go around when there was an economic crisis, this business that I had built into a seven-figure business, all of a sudden, all of our clients dried up, you know, all of our contracts dried up. And so here I was with this company that one day was worth seven, almost eight figures, and then it was worth almost nothing. And I remember being on my bathroom floor and crying because to me, my life had ended. The, this dream life that I'd managed to build was being taken away from me. But it was in the depths of, I guess, that darkness that I was able to finally understand that what I had been chasing had felt so empty for me because it wasn't the thing. It wasn't my purpose. It wasn't the thing that was connected to me emotionally. And so it then led me to starting to question, well, what is what I want to do? What are the things? And that's where it opened me up to find the work that I now do and that I am so passionate about. That's such an amazing story. And I just want to ask you, if you don't mind, like, you know, a lot of people listening, they come from all over the world. And so lots of people relate to this part of your story. And then there will be those of us who don't, you know, those who had a different upbringing and more of a Western society. But I just want to ask you, like going from living in a mud hut to building a seven figure business, I would have thought when you were at that, you know, when you were first living in Zimbabwe, I mean, you were a young woman growing up, a young girl growing up, would you have even known what a million like pounds, dollars, like, was even like I'm interested in like the upper limits that you even had to crush through like you know there's one thing like aiming for that first house and there's another thing to be going on to be like you know a million dollar business owner like wow what did you push through to get to that point you know here's the thing is you're so right that growing a million dollars is just like it seemed this impossible thing like I couldn't even have imagined a million dollars. But I think this is, you know, what I would say to all of the boss babes out there who are building their businesses is it happens one step at a time, especially nowadays, like, you know, being an entrepreneur has been glamorized. And it's like, oh, you know, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. But it is what we said about why are you doing what you're doing? And what is it that you're connecting with? And so for me, it really was that push of if I can build this business and I can make it successful, it was about the impact that I knew I could have back home to the people that I left behind, the people, as I said, my cousins. So for me, that was the push. I had a bigger why than just myself. It wasn't just about, I want to buy more Milana Blonics or Gucci or whatever. It really was about, oh, wow, if I can make more money, then I can help more people. But then that also has a flip side in that the responsibility, and that was part of what was so heavy for me as well when in 2008, that business started to go downhill was, oh my gosh, I have this responsibility and what am I going to do? But what I would say to anybody who's dreaming is dream big, dream really big, because what's the worst that can happen? Dream big. I love that. I would say if you, if you don't quit, you can't fail. <laughs> keep going. And also keep fail going. forwards. Yeah, I really do believe in that. I, mean, I think if you have big visions and big missions and 
it's all about failing forwards and picking yourself up, dusting yourself off and carrying on again. So I want to come down to like, you know, we started opening this podcast by talking about the statistics that a lot of people don't achieve their goals, right? And we've kind of touched on a couple of the reasons why around clarity and those pieces. And I want to talk to you about behaviors and habits, because I know this is something you've actually studied an awful lot. So how do you feel that behaviors and habits impact goals? This is, if I can say one superpower that you want to embrace, research, adopt, it is your habits. I think it's Wendy Wood, who's a, a researcher at USC. She says, she estimates based on her research that about 43% of everything you do in a day is habit-based. So if you calculate out that almost half of everything you're doing in a day, you're not even really consciously thinking about. And you're like, wow, if you could use that to support you on your journey towards your goals, if you could figure out a way to create the habits that support your goals, that would be like magic. And so that was kind of my going in position was, wow, I'd been told the saying that Everything you have, everything you don't have in your life is because of your habits. And I think it's Aristotle as well who says that, you know, we are what we repeatedly do. And so I understood based on that, that there was power in habits. And it wasn't until, and I read all the books, I read, you know, like all the, I'm not going to name names, but there's some really great books out there talking about habits. And they all talked about the same thing, that habits are created by repetition. Now, here's my question to anybody who has subscribed to that is there are lots of things that you do over and over again, but it doesn't necessarily make them habits. And something else that I learned is just because you do something over and over again, doesn't mean you're going to be able to stick with it. So like a great example is I hate asparagus. I hate asparagus with a passion. And all the things that I had read said, if you just do this habit for 21 days or 60 days or 120 days, then it'll become a habit. I don't care how many days you make me eat asparagus. That's never going to become something that's natural to me or a habit. And then I also then in my reading and everything that I was reading, thought about the fact that for most of us, the very first time we ever logged on to say Instagram or Facebook, it immediately became a habit because for most people, they wake up, first thing they do is reach for their phone and check what's happening on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever other social apps. So that didn't require 21 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever the numbers are. So, but it wasn't until I read a particular book, which is called Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg, that it all kind of clicked for me. Because in his book, B.J. Fogg's actually, uh, he's a research scientist at Stanford, and he's been studying behavior and behavior design for 25 years. He actually heads up the Behavior Design Institute at Stanford. And he said, before you can think about creating a habit, because a habit is really a subset of behavior, a habit is really just something that, a behavior that you do automatically, you have to understand what is behavior. And then that will be your secret to how you can create the behaviors that you want. So that was my going in position. I read the book and then I reached out to him, ended up having conversations with him and then ended up being in, getting enrolled in his certification program and studying 
behavior design or habits, really, and understanding what behavior is. That is fascinating. And I would love for you to like share a little bit more about, because I actually think, you know, it's very, setting goals is very superficial. It's something that we all understand. We're like, oh yeah, we'll set these goals. If you set a goal, you're 30% more likely to achieve it than if you don't set it at all. And even though we know only 8% of goals are actually achieved. But like, I feel like the background to actually how to achieve goals is really missing in those teachings. And I even feel like the conversation around what is behavior, like what does that actually boil down to? And how do you ensure that your behaviors like you say, how do you want to like, you know, if we're setting financial goals or something like that, or if we're setting health goals, how do we make sure that our behaviors, like what is a behavior and how do we make sure it aligns with our goal? That is such a great question, Danielle, because you can't fix or you can change what you don't know. If you don't know what a behavior is made up of, you can change it. And this is the part where I'm like, we all go to school and we get taught, you know, how to read, how to write, how to, you know, arithmetic. And yet no one actually teaches us in life skills, these things that would actually be incredible skills to A, help us with learning, but also B, that we can take forward into life. So I'm completely quoting uh, BJ Fogg here, and you can Google his model. He has a behavior model called the Fogg model. So F-O-G-G, you could Google that. And what he said is behavior is made up of three components. It's made up of motivation, it's made up of ability, and it's made up of a prompt. So motivation is how much do you want to do this thing? Are you highly motivated, not motivated? So we all know new year, new me, all of that, how everybody's so motivated to go to the gym, right? We all write our New Year's resolutions or so motivated to actually start working on building their business this year. And we're super motivated. That's January 1st, maybe even January 15th, maybe even February 20th. But come March, everybody's kind of like given up. And that's because motivation is fickle. Motivation is up or down. It depends on did I wake up well? Did I sleep well? How did I wake up this morning? How am I feeling? What else is going on in my life? So that's why for a lot of us, we can't count on motivation to consistently help us with our behaviors. You can count on it for like one-off things. You can be motivated for one day to go to the gym, but you can't count on it on day 97 to get you to the gym. So motivation is how much or how little do you want to do something or how inspired are you to do something? The A is about ability. So how hard or how easy is it for you to do something? And then the P is a prompt. So one of the things that BJ talks about is that there is no behavior that happens without some sort of a prompt, a trigger, a cue, which I was like, really? And I was trying to think of behaviors and I haven't been able to. So if anybody listening can think of a behavior that happens, I would love to be able to go stump BJ and challenge him. But he says that is behavior. That's the behavior model. And so what he says is, because you can't really reliably count on motivation to get you to do a behavior, the two other, I guess if you're a scientist in a lab, the two other levers, the two other buttons that you can really play on are the ability and the prompt. So with ability, it's how can you make it easier for yourself to do the thing? So asking yourself, why is it hard for me to do this thing? Why is it hard if I'm trying to build my business, to do the social media posts or to make the sales calls. So figuring out why is this hard? 
And then the second question you can ask yourself is, how could I make it easier for myself? So that would be for ability. Why is it hard? And then how can I make it easier? I love that. And I think that's a really like key point in business as well, when you're not achieving things of being like, you know, we set these goals or these targets or like you say, whether it's posting on social or posting or doing sales calls or getting something done. It's like, well, yeah, like how can you make it easy for yourself? How can you bring people in? Like who, what support do you need versus just kind of like beating yourself up for not necessarily having achieved something and really reflecting on that. So I love that. I'm excited to hear about prompt. Yeah. And actually, if we just back up for a second and talk about ability, you brought up a great point about bringing in help. I think some of what, especially for entrepreneurs, as you're building your business, it's really important for you to be laser focused on, do I need to do this? So what can I eliminate? Maybe you're doing a task that really doesn't need doing, or what can I delegate? Are there other people that you can get to help you or, you know, to kind of step up? Or what could you automate? What are the things that don't necessarily need your manual intervention? And then also, realistically, what can you just literally procrastinate on that? And I know this sounds terrible, and this is great advice from another friend of mine, Rory Vaden, who has a book by that title, where it's like sometimes maybe it is right to procrastinate. It's really like, what can you eliminate? What can you automate? You know, what can you delegate? And then maybe right now isn't the time to do the thing. And then you talk about P in behavior. So motivation, ability, and then a prompt. This is your cue to do the behavior. And this is literally the most important part. Because like I said, you know, the research says, unless you're prompted to do something, you're not going to do it. And so there's some things that are natural prompts in our lives. Like, for example, when, you know, your body's very good at prompts, when you need to pee, that's a prompt that says time to go to the bathroom. Or in life, we have reminders, right? For me, for this podcast, I had a reminder set on my phone that said, oh, prompt, it's time for you to go and talk to Danielle. And so, or it might be a sticky, or you might have someone who reminds you that you designate to be the person who reminds you. But something that's really, really important is also to remember that sometimes we have prompt fatigue. Now, I am a girl who loves a sticky note. I love my stickies. But I'm sure you've had this happen as well, where you have like 20 stickies all over your computer, and then you end up actually ignoring them because now it's just noise or you have the reminders constantly pinging and then you just end up ignoring them. So that's one of the things that in your behaviors prompts is being very careful about what prompts are you choosing and how are they actually helpful to get you to do the thing. So that's overall behavior. But if we were to go to habits and specifically talk about habits and how you create a habit. So, you know, again, the definition of a habit is something that you do automatically or that's almost become subconscious. You don't actually have to think about doing the thing. It's an example is when you put your shoes on, you probably don't mentally think, okay, put foot in shoe, okay, tie, lace, left over right or whatever. You just do it because you've done it so many times. It's now habit. Or if you drive somewhere regularly, there I'm sure times where you have driven from point A to point B and you're like, how the heck did I get here? Again, that's habit. And there's a little bit of a different, you know, there is a formula according to what I've been learning about how you create a habit. So 
Shall I go? Shall we talk about yes, how you I'm create ready, a I'm 100% <laughs> ready to hear this. And I just think as well, like, you know, just think about other, other habits and like that you have in your life. And just example, like, well, I'll share this one in a minute, but that habit of training I really got out of and how I've been able to incorporate a habit of training or like as, as if it's like brushing my teeth. So I'm really excited to understand the science behind this. So this is what, according to the research at Stanford, says creates a habit. It is emotion. It makes you feel good in some way. Because the science says how a habit gets wired in is you do something, there's a positive response, and then dopamine gets released in your brain, which along with endorphins are the, yay, I feel good kind of thing. And that, then your brain is like, ooh, she liked that, or he liked that. Let's do that again. So that's the beginning of how a habit gets wired in is through emotion. Emotions create habit. And so if you think about some of the habits that you have, I bet you they're tied to some emotion, the good and the, I'll put it in air quotes, the bad, because what I've learned is that your brain doesn't differentiate between good and bad. All it knows is at some point in history, in the past, this thing that you did either made you feel good or it gave you relief. It made you feel better. It made you feel you were not feeling great or you're feeling sad. And then you did something that made you feel better. So that's really, if I had to say, the key to a habit is emotion. In terms of practically how you wire in a habit, it is as simple as A, B, C. So if you want to remember it, it's A, B, C. And every time I say that, I think of the Jackson 5 and it's like A, B, C. Easy <laughs> oh as goodness, dude, You have just ingrained <laughs> that in everybody's memory right now. <laughs> Not going to forget this. <laughs> and people singing, by the way. I won't sing. I have a terrible voice. <laughs> and so what is A, B, C when it comes to creating a habit? The A is an anchor moment. So what you want to look for is something you already do that's part of your regular routine that reminds you to do the thing. So you talked about brushing your teeth, for example. So that one is a habit. So let's just say you wanted to, I know a lot of people, this is actually, I use this for myself. Flossing was not my favorite thing to do. And, <laughs> and then I had to have orthodontics. And my doctor had a come to Jesus moment with me and said, look, girl, you're doing this and you're spending a lot of money and time and a lot of pain. So you need to up the brushing and you need to up the flossing. And so for me, it then became the habit because I already was fairly good at the brushing was adding the flossing. And so for me, the, oh, I'm going to brush my teeth was my anchor. And then, oh, and add the floss. So it might be for you, I don't know, while you're waiting for the kettle to boil, you might wipe down a counter. I journal. Yeah, like I wanted to bring more journaling into my life. So I was always having my coffees in the morning. And whilst I was waiting for my kettle to boil and my coffee to brew, I would literally be like, okay, well, in this time, I'm just going to dedicate it to journaling because there was that void for it already. And I already had the anchor. So I just added this in. So you see, you were doing it without even knowing you were doing it. So it's finding something that is the trigger. So remember, we said that behavior 
is all about motivation, ability, and a prompt. So your anchor, your A, acts as that prompt to remind you to, oh, hey, it's time for you to do this thing. It might be if you want to, I don't know, if, if every day you want to exercise or something like that, it'll be something that's already a part of your day that you use to remind you to do the next step. And then the B is you do the behavior itself. So whatever it is, if, if it's in your case, you journal, you do your journal. If it, in my case, the example I gave, floss my teeth, I floss my teeth. This is the part. This is the magic ingredient is the C. And this is another song. I'm not going to sing that, but it's cool in the gang. Celebrate. Celebration, right? That's what, remember I said that habits get wired in because dopamine gets released, which tells your brain, oh, this is good. And so you need to figure out what's a celebration that you can add at the end of the behavior immediately after you've done the behavior. Then that starts to tell your brain, oh, when she did that thing last time, she got a hit of dopamine, made her happy. Let's do that again. Let's do it. So that's how you start to wire in a habit is you have an anchor moment, which is your prompt to remind you to do the behavior. You do the thing, the behavior, the journal, the floss your teeth, the go to the gym. And then immediately you celebrate yourself and you can pick whatever celebration, whatever feels right. This is actually an interesting one that research says, actually, a lot of people have trouble with the C, with celebrating themselves, is that most people are like, this is dumb, this is stupid. And I, I'm going to put my hand up and say, I was of that variety of the, when, when I first learned it, I was like, this is so stupid, but it works. And I'd say, just try it for five days, do it for five days, try it at the end of whatever thing. And it can be whatever you can Whatever your celebration is, fist pump, you can whatever, do a little dance. You don't even have to physically do anything in your mind. You can just be like, oh, good job. Who's a I bad know, so-and-so? I'm just thinking of like, because I love like giving suggestions to people. One thing I really think who's like, depending on what your motivation is, I've seen people, you know, I mean, one thing that used to be done really commonly was when people were trying to quit smoking they would save the money, right? So I'm also thinking of like these behaviors, like celebrating could be a way like you move like, a few dollars or to an account every time you do it and that's like your handbag fund or your like holiday vacation fund or something like that and then there's like that dopamine hit because I I really agree with how powerful dopamine hits are I think they're really actually underestimated and so like when you have that attachment to something it's like oh yeah now I've done this I get to do this action so move this money and now I'm one step closer to that vacation or buying that you know, thing that's going to make me so happy or buying that experience doesn't necessarily have to be materialistic. So I'm really seeing how this can play in. And I think this also comes into like, not just personal behaviors, like, but things in business as well, where you want to be changing. So like, let's say you want to be in the habit of going into those data bits more and, you know, what you anchor that to. So if you anchor it to a, a meeting that's already happening and making sure you're executing and then celebrating, like, you know, how you're doing off those points and how you're reviewing them after and what that goal is that it's moving you closer towards. So I'm totally seeing like how many listeners are going to be like, oh, wow, I can actually create some really kick-ass habits after listening to this podcast. <laughs> you can. And here's one thing that was emphasized to me over and over again, is for your brain to start to build those neural pathways to associate the behavior with the, oh, this is what made me feel good. You got to do it in the moment. In fact, 
the research says to make it even like to supercharge it, you want to do it almost three times. You want to do it when you remember. So in that anchor moment that, oh, I just remembered that I need to do my journaling, like Danielle's doing her journaling. That's a, oh, yay, good for you. You remembered that. While you're doing the thing, while you're journaling, like, yes, I'm doing my journaling. And then immediately after, because now the brain associates directly between the behavior and the quote unquote, whatever response, the celebration, because if you leave it too long. So I used to be of the, oh, I'm going to work out. And then at the end of the month, I'll go get myself a massage. What the research says out of Stanford is that then your brain isn't necessarily making that direct relationship. So you can absolutely still have that incentive for yourself to say, you know, I'll work out and then I'll buy myself this, but you need to immediately do something, some way of acknowledging yourself. And a great example that they use in terms of, if you think about, for example, babies, right? When they're little and they're just learning to walk. Think about that response that we give them. So the baby kind of sort of pulls himself or herself up on the table, stands, let's go. In that moment, we're like, oh, yay, look at you, you're standing. We're not like 30 minutes later, like, oh, yay, look at you. So the baby recognizing, oh, I did something really good. I'm going to do that again. Same thing when you're training a pet, right? In the moment, you give your dog, when you're trying to teach him stay, sit, heal, you give him a treat in that moment. And so it starts to associate the fact that, oh, when I do this specific behavior, then that's when the reward comes. So the same with you. You want to, in the moment, do something. You can do something extra after, but in the moment, you want to be celebrating. Mm, I love that. So, so key. Um, so I feel like after listening to this podcast, so many people are going to be like, okay, I want to set my goal now. And now I know how to understand. I need to get motivation. I need to have the ability and I need to have that prompt. And then I'm also going to be like, right, what is my anchor? What is my hip behavior? And what is my celebration? So I would really love for anyone who's listened to, you know, let's have more of boss babes hitting, like being in that 8% and pushing that 8% limit of those who actually achieve their goals. So I would love for anyone who's listened to really think of a goal that they want to achieve and utilizing the roadmap that Sandra has really shared with us today, craft your like your goal and how you're going to change your behavior and your habit to get there and share it with Sandra and I on Instagram because we absolutely love chatting to you guys. So I would love for you to share it with myself at Danielle Canty and tag at bossbabe.inc as well because we always love sharing these. And Sandra, I would love for you to share your handle too. Oh my gosh, I would love. And also people have questions about this because like I said, I'm certified in this and so I can certainly help. And if I don't have the answer, I literally am on calls twice a week with the guy who's the head of the Research Institute at Stanford. So I'd love to be able to take him challenging questions and, and get him to answer. So my handle is Sandra.chuma. And so that's S-A-N-D-R-A. And my last name is Chuma, C-H-U-M-A. And if I can emphasize as well, one other thing. So celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. And not just in the context of your goals. Like, my goodness, just as people, we've been through the ringer over the last several months. And I think it's easy to go through days where you just see the things you didn't do and the things that you didn't accomplish. And I just want to say that if you can, at the end of every day, think about three things three things you did that you're proud of and write them down every single day. It'll change how you go through your day. And the other thing that I want to emphasize as well is start small. 
I think the reason so many people start down a path of change is they want to make the change and then they get frustrated because, oh my gosh, I'm not seeing change. Part of it might be you've just taken on too much. Make it small. Don't go from I'm not working out at all to I'm going to work out for you know two hours a day and I'm going to do 100 push-ups. Exactly. How about just like, you know what, I'm going to do five push-ups. One of the things that they teach out of the Research Institute is, especially when you're starting out with a habit, is have it take you less than 30 seconds to do, if you can. At least the first part, the anchor moment is, okay, maybe the habit itself, the behavior might take longer, but have that process be as quick as possible because then you're not dreading doing it. It's not, because what you want to do is to feel successful. Because think about the behaviors that you do, the things that you repeat. Think about how it feels when somebody tells you you're doing a good job or when you think to yourself, damn, I did a good job. It makes you want to do more. And so what you'll find is when you set yourself up to be successful by starting small, it naturally lends itself to bigger, more, and you'll find that it starts to impact and to grow other habits around, you know, maybe not necessarily where you started or the habit you were trying to work on, but it'll just that positivity will start to filter through all areas of your life. I love that. That is so true. And just something I really agree with about, like you say, that positivity rippling through so many aspects of your life Natty and I always said like as part of one of our core values was like the positive ripple effect is just so powerful and you can see that within yourself and then when you start embodying that and seeing the positive ripple effect and changes within yourself you actually notice that the people around you and then your circumstances so I think like you say the conversation that we just had today is just so at the core of everything and it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be super hard and when you start simple and you start seeing those changes it really creates a momentum and a positive momentum at that that can really be leveraged and harnessed so I just really appreciate you Sandra and coming on today and just sharing just such a powerful message and also just sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and making this so practical like that's always at my heart for this podcast like I want people to be able to listen to and go oh my goodness I've learned so many things and I can go away and I can implement this stuff so I really just want to thank you for showing up the way you have today because I know if people have been listening at their desk they're going to have scribbled down a ton of takeaways and if they've been listening in their car they're going to be like oh my goodness I have so many things that I can action when they get to my destination so I really appreciate you and thank you so much for being such an amazing guest not only on the Boswood podcast but also in the society as well because you really do over deliver so thank you oh thank you and thank you so much for having me it was such a pleasure and the one if I had to leave the listeners with anything it is that it's great to have good intentions be intentional about achieving those drop mic I love it thank you Sandra If you loved this episode, please subscribe, download a few more, and please leave us a review. I really want to hear what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were, and I also want to know what you want to hear us talk about next. To say thanks for leaving us a review, we'll send you a copy of The Boss Babe 25. The Boss Babe 25 is the 25 essential resources you need for personal and professional growth. It covers everything from our favorite rituals, books, and hacks. If you want a copy, just leave us a review, screenshot it, and send to podcast at bossweb.com. We will then email you a copy ASAP. 
And since we love Instagram, you can go to the hashtag The Boss Babe Podcast and find our latest post and leave a question in the comments. We love reading through the comments and we'll make sure to answer it on our next podcast. <laughs>